Linda Pinizzato. She's not your typical realtor. She's your real estate counselor, teacher, and advisor. Whether it's a house, townhome, or condo, when you're ready, she's your negotiator. With 34 years of experience, Linda guarantees that you have the real estate knowledge you need to make the right decisions. Call Linda Pinizzato at Sutton Group Quantum Realty, 416-561-7373, or visit her at lindapinizzato.com. Hello there, it's Linda Pinizzato of The Condo Expert, and what an interesting topic, annual general meetings. What are they? Why do you care about them? And why should you care? And have you gone to the last one? This is a going to be, this is actually a four-part section. And the reason it is, is because it's complicated. And I need to break it down so that everybody understands why you have AGMs and the importance of them. And I think once you listen to all four parts, you're going to realize the next time that you go into a condo, your condominium annual general meeting, or at least when you get your notice of meeting, then at least you're going to have some idea of what goes down. So now we're going to go on. We're talking about elections. Okay, so the candidates have gone up, they, they're in attendance, they've, uh, you know, basically had their one or two or three minutes of a speech. You've heard what they're all about. Now what happens is, is that, you know, remember, there can be a nomination from the floor as well. So, so here's the bottom line with candidates for uh, a director's position with a condo building. Just prior to the notice coming out, the information package that you would have received a couple of weeks uh, before the AGM, at that particular time, notice will be posted in the building asking for people if they were interested in standing for election. Now, those people up to the cutoff date are able to submit their resumes into property management and got to get them in on time because if they're in on time, they will then be included in the information package. If they're not in on time, they won't be included. Now, if you decide after the information package has come out to you and you're thinking, oh man, I missed my opportunity. Geez, I wish I would have put my name in as a candidate. It's still not too late because you can have a nomination from the floor. So if you haven't gone through the process of, of following, you know, the, the better way, and the better way is, is to submit your resume, have it included in the information package so that all of the owners get to see who you are and what you're all about. That's the best way. The second way is, is to submit it in. Maybe property management may give people an update of who it is that's standing for election because that's happened as well, especially if they're not getting a lot of candidates putting their name forward. But you see, you have to understand that, you know, because we need 25% quorum and some of the um, proxies that are being sent in could have a candidate listed that's being voted for, that candidate definitely has an advantage over you because they've already got the votes from the proxies. So that candidate really only has to kind of get the additional votes from the floor And with the double amount of votes that they would have, you know, because they have them from the proxies that have been submitted, and then they also have it from the floor, uh, they have a much stronger chance of getting elected. Now, also, if you're a candidate and your resume was not put in 
to the information package or you thought about it afterwards and you um, are now going to stand for election on, on at the annual general meeting, you could also go and try and get people to sign proxies on your behalf prior to the AGM, especially for people that aren't going to be attending. So if you have other friends in the building and they tell you that they're not going to be coming to the AGM and you tell them that you are going to stand for election, then what you can do is you can get proxies, have your name inserted on those proxies. You can bring them to the AGM. But, you know, again, uh, it, it comes down to the same thing. People should make every possible attempt to attend their annual general meeting. Now the chairperson asks either the property manager or someone to collect the ballots. Okay, so the ballots are collected. Now the scrutineer, I have heard, like honestly, I'm getting emails from people that say, oh, well, my property manager counted the ballots. Well, it's okay for them to count the ballots, but there has to be two scrutineers. So in other words, two people, impartial people from the audience of owners and attendants attendees, to be scrutineers. So the chairperson will basically ask, does, you know, please, uh, who would like to volunteer as a scrutineer? And hands are put up. Now, can it be possible that the chairperson could already prearrange scrutineers that have put their hands up? Yes, that's highly possible. I can't believe how very few people want to put their hands up for a scrutineer position. And it just seems like it's always the same two people that are scrutineers. So you've got to really watch that a little bit because, you know, scrutineers are, you know, it's debatable whether or not they're going to be scrutineers that are just people from the audience that are willing to just take some time and go out and just count these ballots or whether or not any funny business is going on. There has been concerns with the way proxies are being dealt with, and that's been, um, the concerns have been submitted to the Ministry of Consumer Services. And I'll change my hat for a moment because, as many of you know, I am the founder and president of the Condo Owners Association, which is www.coaontario.com. And I really welcome you to uh, go into our website. If you're a condo owner, please register with COA. It's vital. It's extremely important. Because what we're doing is, is again, changing my hat. What we're doing is, is we're, we're creating representation advocacy and, uh, for all condominium owners. And it's incredibly important to have someone in your, your side. And right now we have grave concerns on the way this entire condominium act you know, even the Condominium Act review, quite frankly, with recommendations that are coming in on the table aren't in your best interest. So, so basically, you know, it's really important that scrutineers at an annual general meeting are unbiased and they're literally just going in there to do their job, which is to count votes. So once the votes are collected and the results are, and, and, you know, in the interim, there's conversation going on at the board meeting while this is being done in the back room. And then the paperwork comes out, handed to the chair, and the chair at that time will announce the results of the vote. Vote Now, the new candidate, the new director, does not, um, sometimes boards are, um, you know, they will invite the new director to the table, but technically speaking, the new director's position doesn't start until after the AGM is over, the adjournment of the AGM. So, but sometimes, because, you know, don't forget, this new director is going to be working with the majority of the existing board. So they sometimes will call them to the front to come and sit up front. 
And, and basically that's it. That's the voting process. And now, of course, it, the floor is open for questions and answers having to do with other business. So this is an ideal time now for people. If you have concerns, you have questions, don't be shy, step forward and ask. You know, the only time I've ever seen an annual general meeting go extremely quickly is if one of your board members is standing for re-election and nobody else has put their name in, absolutely nobody. And uh, that particular board member is automatically uh, re-elected. So, you know, and then of course, you know, time-wise, the AGM could end awfully quickly. So, and, and that's the only time I've ever seen it really go quickly because you really kind of avoid the entire, you do put out a nomination from the floor, you allow a nomination from the floor, but if nobody else steps in, then of course, by acclamation, that particular board member will be back in their position for the additional three more years. And, and that's basically the way an annual general meeting will run. So when all the questions are over with at the other business, and again, you know, if you do have the questions, make sure that you say your unit number first and your name, because everything that's transpiring at this annual general meeting will be, the minute taker will be taking minutes on everything that's transpiring, because the same minute that you approved from the previous year's annual general meeting will be the same format of minutes that would be approved now after this meeting, which will be presented in next year's annual general meeting for approval. So, so you know, and if everything is all fine and everything goes off like clockwork, the way I've just said it, then the meeting is adjourned and your annual general meeting is done for the year. Now, I do want to caution one thing. Sometimes board members will hire their corporation lawyer to chair the meeting. There's, you know, unless there's conflicts in the building, there is absolutely no reason in the world why a condominium lawyer would have to chair an annual general meeting. As you see, I went through it step by step. Does it sound complicated? You know, if everything is in the up and up in your building, there's no reason in the world for any condo corporation to spend, you know, $500 an hour in traveling time in order for a lawyer to be chairing this annual general meeting. Most of the time when a lawyer is called in, it's because the board, for some reason or another, are, are avoiding a face-to-face -face contact in the sense of maybe the president being the chairperson because they want the lawyer to oversee questions and so on. They want to kind of take a back seat to the AGM. So the question is, is why are they taking a back seat to the AGM? In the 17 years that I have been a uh, president of two condo boards, I have never, ever, ever once had a lawyer chair an annual general meeting that I'm involved in with these condos, uh, condominiums. So you really, I think the warning signals have to go out because, you know, at that time, obviously there's conflicts going on. Something is happening. There's no two ways about it. Now, we're going to go back to the financial statements because, and, and I think really, I, I may just do one show on, on the complete breakdown of audited financial statements and, and triggering things that you should look for and so on. I can't do it today because we're going to be out of time. I do want to elaborate a little bit further on the financial statements and the shared facility breakdown. You know, 
a lot of times people are very, very concerned with where their maintenance fees are. And maintenance fees, the reason that a condominium building has to charge maintenance fees is because, of course, they need their budget. And generally, their budgets are running at about $1 million or $1.2, $1.5 million a year. And th- those budgets are going to be paying, you know, the usual, the utilities, the service contracts, you know, that'll be your property management, your security, uh, your heating, your water, uh, your maintenance, like everything having to do. So if you think of a house and the expenses that you have in a house, just, you know, multiply them by say, if there's 300 units in the building, so just multiply them to equate to an $80 million condo building with a $1.5 million budget. And you'll see how important it is to ensure that the um, condo building gets their monthly maintenance fees from every single unit as uh, as per their not only their agreement of purchase and sale, but as per the declaration of the building that identifies which units are going to be uh, calculated percentage-wise as far as how much their maintenance fees are going to be. like, And this, this gets substantiated right from the beginning that the condo building, once their declaration is put together, that's how early stages that that percentages are worked out. And generally, maintenance fees are, are in accordance to your square footage. So there's a price per square foot for your maintenance fee. And then there's also a little bit added to it to reflect if you own a locker or if you own parking, because don't forget, I mean, if you own parking and the underground has to be cleaned and this and that and everything else, there has to be a certain percentage coming through the people that have parking on the maintenance fees to cover costs and whatnot. So, so you know, your financial statements, your, your three key, uh, four key elements, I guess. One would be, of course, your operating budget. And your operating budget is your day-to-day expenses that are incurred as the ones I've just mentioned. Then your second part of it would be your reserve fund. Now, a portion of your maintenance fees will go to the reserve fund and it has to. I mean, you know, if you don't have a reserve fund, if you don't have a healthy reserve fund in your condo building, you've got a problem because that building needs money. Say, for instance, you know, it needs money in another, you know, seven years from now to take a look at the, uh, uh, the carpeting or 10 years or 12 years for corridor refurbishments or property or say your party room refurbishments or, you know, refurbishments uh, throughout the building, replacement of major mechanicals. I mean, where's this money coming from? It's not going to come from your operating budget, which is the budget that handles your day-to-day expenses. So it has to come from somewhere. So it's going to come from your reserve fund. Okay, in accordance with what a study that's been prepared and commissioned by the board, but prepared by a uh, a qualified reserve fund study expert in order to, you know, give a template of, of what that building has to do, you know, down the road. So that's one side. So then there's another side, which is contingencies and surpluses. So for instance, you know, if uh, maybe the previous budget, you know, that was uh, put out there, there was some cost savings involved. So even though it's a $1.4 million budget, maybe, uh, you know, not all of the budget monies that were set aside last year were used and some additional monies are left over, you know, 20,000, 30,000, 50,000, whatever. That's part of a surplus and that's additional monies. 
a lot of times condo buildings will take surpluses and they will pay down that uh, maintenance fee increase amount to keep your maintenance fees low. But, you know, those, those are internal decisions of the board of directors. But the bottom line is, is the financial statements the breakdown that I just gave to you, that same structure applies whether it be for the condo building that you're in and the shared facility portion of the building. So as I mentioned earlier, there's two reports, there's two auditor reports, which will be broken down between the financial statements of the building and the shared facilities. So so that's your overview of an annual general meeting. And I really want you dig deep, everybody, like think, you know, you are working day in, day out, you're getting your paycheck granted. Okay. So you're making a good income. Maybe you're making $75,000 a year and you've, uh, you know, really worked hard to save money to go buy your condominium. So you own this condominium. Fantastic. Once a year, go to your annual general meeting. It is the only time openly that you have the ability to speak out, stand for election, be well informed of what's going on, you know, meet your board members. You may have a fantastic group board members. And honestly, you know, being a board member, I have to tell you, is not easy. Sometimes it can be a thankless job. You know, like it's, uh, it's not easy, but you know, and, and I guess at that point you're going to say, well, Linda, why on earth would you be doing this for 70? Well, first of all, I own in the buildings, but aside from that, you know, I want to protect my investment. I have a ton of clients in both buildings, so I want to help them as well. And I want to make sure that, you know, this is a long-term venture that myself and my family, my sons all own in the same and my husband owns in there as well. And, and, you know, and the bottom line is, to be quite honest with you, it's a, it's a long-term venture where, you know, if things go wrong in condo buildings, it's really hard to bring them back. It's not easy New boards coming in always think that they're going to, if say a bad board was in a building and then all of a sudden a new board comes in and they they go, yeah, you know, Yahoo, I'm going to do this. We're going to fix this and we're going to fix that and here and there and this and that. Boy, you know, you have 300 owners in a building and, uh, you know, you're not going to please everybody all the time, but if they respect you and they know that you know what you're doing and you truly care and, uh, you know, you're taking all the resources possible to create a good situation and a good situation in a building will be, and I'll leave that thought with you. If you're getting maintenance fees over 5% increases a year, then you've got to look at your statements and everything. Find out what's going wrong because you know what? Unless you're a brand new building, like a year old or two year, two years old, your increases should only be with respect to the cost of living increases for operating budgets. You know, up to 5% doesn't worry me. When I start hearing about people that have maintenance fee increases past those amounts, and I'm hearing from people that are 7 and 9 and 10% increases, oh, wow, there is a problem out there. There is. Make no mistake about it. So anyways, want you, this is all about uh, being aware, learning about annual general meetings in condominiums. 
And uh, please, if you want some, uh, you know, please register with the Condo Owners Association, www.coaontario.com. You can also, uh, you know, if you have any real estate related questions, because, you know, annual general meetings, the real estate, you know, interesting enough, the entire picture does work together. Uh, it's always given me a tremendous insight on what the condo market is doing, where the values are, what the different buildings are doing, the units, the price per square feet. I will tell you that if I didn't have all the knowledge that I've received over the last 30 plus years, there is no way would I ever been able to create, you know, create the condo owners association, which is there to help you as a condo owner and a condo buyer. So remember, Contact coaontario.com. We have a wonderful website. If you're in Toronto, you can go coatoronto.com. And let us hear your comments. We want to help. So thank you so much for listening to the show. This is Linda Pinizzato of The Condo Expert. Linda Pinizzato guarantees that you have the real estate knowledge you need to make the right decisions. Call Linda Pinizzato at Sutton Group Quantum Realty, 416-561-7373, or visit her at lindapinizzato.com. Oh, my computer crashed. Oh no, I've got a virus. Oh, uh, no way, no internet connection. Do you need help? Call IT Mayday, 647-977-7113. ITMayday.com